Are you enjoying the show? If so, don't forget to follow Hoodoo and Shell on Apple and Spotify and leave us a five-star rating. Would you like to attend an uncut, unedited, live taping of Hoodoo and Shell podcast? Then don't forget to follow Hoodoo Conjure Rootwork on the Clubhouse app and tune in live Mondays and Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Eastern. Also, if you like the content and want to help our ministry grow, please support us by sending a donation of love. The link is in the podcast description. Now, back to the show. Good morning and grand rising. We are here today live with another episode of the Hoodoo and Chill podcast. Today is Wisdom Wednesdays. And as always, I am here with our beautiful, beautiful Hoodoo Voodoo goddess, my partner in crime, as well as love and light. The one and only Miss Latoya Alexandria. Good morning, Grand Rising. Good lights. Bon mercredi. Je suis aussi avec la magnifique Sir Bayo. Welcome to the show, everyone. I am so excited, Sir, about today's show. Um, as we continue our journey and exploring the underbelly of hoodoo. Very excited about this interview. I am excited as well. I, this this series that we've been doing, you know, just dissecting and researching these interviews from these workers from the 30s. I mean, it's just been such an amazing experience. I, I feel like Spirit has given us the opportunity to put us back in, like, the learning seat. What do you think? I'm going to tell you. Just these past two interviews that we did I have learned so much and I hope you guys have too if you missed our uh, first interview which happened last week go back and listen to the podcast there's a wealth of information in this interview as well if you don't have your pens and paper I really encourage you to get that because there is a lot of work here Um, we're going to be giving out a few things that you can add to your repertoire really good workings very powerful workings from these great practitioners so yes i am learning as well today's show is so special because we as we continue on our part two of hoodoo hustlers those of you who tuned into the first show and if you're new to this i'm just gonna go ahead and just give you a quick recap on what we've been talking about so we are this week giving light and giving voices to a part of society that is really contributed so much so many different workings and so many different ways to do the work and we tend to even today in 2022 with as liberated society claims to be we still shun certain societies or underbellies of societies so our very first show we spoke on the sex industry we spoke about madams as well as we spoke about pimps or what we call flesh peddlers and we spoke about how important and actually beneficial that piece of business was when it came to blacks who were first released from slavery 
and how them being forced into these industries put them in positions where they had to do certain workings and create certain workings so that they could eat so that they could survive so that they can make it through each day in these underbellies of society another portion of society that people do not venerate enough in my opinion when it comes to hoodoo is the contributions of the lgbtq plus community now today we actually have an interview from a trans person from 1934 whose grandmother was a spiritualist and actually taught her and this person lived in Louisiana gave a full 14 page interview on different workings that she employed and the things that her grandmother taught her and we myself and Toya we've taken the liberty of as always dissecting this interview for you and just giving you the meat of this so if you don't have your pen and your paper please get that Toya is going to read to you in the original dialect for those who don't know so once again you want to have something to write with because this is going to be a plethora of information some really good authentic workings from the mouths of the individuals who employed these workings please check out the website hoodooconjurerootwork.com as well if you have not added your email to our subscribers list please do so it's absolutely free and it keeps you updated if we decide to give out coupons for anything or if we have an event coming up as well as you will get a notification for when we are going live so that you don't miss that if you happen to miss out on any of our previous shows please check out the podcast it is on the homepage of the website as well So today we're going to start the show off with separation work. And honestly, the interviewer in my opinion, she spoke more about this than anything else. And we have to remember why separation work would have been so important to an LGBT person. Why separation work would be important to hoodoo workers in the LGBT community. We have to understand that a lot of these people were shunned by their own neighbors. People did not want to live around you, especially if you were a trans person and people knew or knew of, you know, your gender identity. there was a lot of abuse that this part of society dealt with on a day-to-day basis dealing with daily homophobic slurs being shunned as an outcast abuse of your neighbors and the people in society i mean just living as a black gay or trying trans person in the 1930s you were a target just on so many levels you were a target because you were black I mean, 
if, if you identified as a woman or if you were a woman a, a double target I mean we need not even get into just being a black man but to be a gay black man in the 1930s you were just a super threat and it was it was the discrimination was coming from so many levels not just from your oppressors but from people in your own community I want y'all to really think about that and why this work is so strong you're in a situation where you're being oppressed by white people you're watching your people be oppressed by white people and then you turn around and you come to your community and you're still basically in a form of bondage there as well and that's something really to think about and I think that's why it's so important today that we give a voice to these workers and remember them and keep their work alive it's important and for my LGBTQ listeners these workings for you are going to be even that much more powerful and effective so I'm going to go ahead and let Toya take us into our first excerpt I know two methods of doing that one of the methods is take a fresh hen take the holy water take the 12 apostles name out of the bible write it on the egg let it be on the first Friday of the month go to that person's house midnight and that Friday night break the egg if it's a man say go 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 if it's a woman say go bitch go now the other method is if it's a person in the house that you want to move you go to the graveyard at midnight on a Sunday night you take some graveyard dirt of seven persons in the grave anybody's grave it doesn't matter and take it off of seven gravestones and when you go there <clears throat> you take the dirt you got some loading stone some cayenne pepper and some bull manure three ingredients and you mix it all up and you dry it out that's on a Sunday night then on that coming Friday night, you go to the person's house and you throw it down on that property, place of business or wherever it is. And you get inside that business and you put you put some down and you put some cockroaches down inside the house and they'll leave the house and vacate the premises within nine days. Not cockerel, which you get dogs, you know, that kind. Okay. <clears throat> so, <laughs> Toya, how do you feel about this working? Uh, I mean, cause she this this is some heavy stuff right here. You know, like this to even go to have the audacity or the gall to go collect grave from seven different gravestones speaks to how bad this person wanted you away from them. When I think about going to the graveyard, even to get dirt from one person's grave, but to get dirt from seven people's grave, ooh, that is some heavy work. The need 
and the desperation for separation from inequality, from cruelty, from assault and battery was so great that not only do you get dirt from the graveyard, not from one, not from two, but from seven people, that is how deep the pain is where this work derived from. See, because they couldn't just use one person. This speaks to the type of cruelty and torment that trans people had to go through at that time. And Sarah, I don't know about you, but this is why it is so important again for us to give these people a voice. Because something like this and having a spell like this in your repertoire is a gold mine. It's so important, Toya, thank you, to truly break down these words. And if you yourself decide to put in the effort of even researching some of the things that we are sharing with you, we're sharing them because it's public information, first of all. It's in the Library of Congress. You can get every PDF for free. I am not one of those workers that's going to feel like we need to hide something that's readily available because the truth is, if you're a real worker, you're going to create your own anyway. But when you approach these narratives and when you approach these words of these ancestors, my people, don't just read them for their work. I want you to feel exactly what Toya said, the desperation, the hurt, the anguish. Being an outcast, being so shunned in society, someone is treating you so bad to the point where you are so upset that you're going to go to a graveyard. I mean, the the audacity truly to take dirt off of one person's grave, but you went and took seven. That speaks to the core of the issue of how deeply rooted this pain was, that they didn't even care about the repercussion or the possible repercussion because, you know, we don't even believe in karma so much in hoodoo, but there is still <laughs> a natural law of certain things. And you're going into this sacred place, not even caring about all of that. Coming in with your hurt and your pain, thinking one thing, I have to get this person away from me. The next excerpt that Toy is going to read to you speaks about Landlord Crossing. And why would Landlord Crossing be so important to an LGBTQ person that worked hoodoo in the early 19th century? We are so lucky, you all, today that we have landlord-tenant laws and rental assistance, that we have uh, laws that prohibit people from discriminating you based on your, your race and your age and your sex. But we have laws that 
govern people from discriminating against you from where you live in your lease there has to be a set of landlord tenant regulations that your landlord has to abide by that the tenant has to abide by to make sure that this landlord tenant relationship is fluid and that it's applicable to someone's lifestyle and living as well as legal in the early 19th 19th century those things did not exist they didn't they did not First and foremost, to even be a black person and have someone rent to you, that was hard. That let's just start there. To even to to be a, a person of color and having someone rent to you was a task in itself. Because most people could not own property there were i know in virginia specifically that it, it wasn't even until like way after said slavery in the um late 1900s where when black when it was legal in some counties in virginia for black people to even just own property so imagine all of those stigmas against you all of those blockages against you and then on top of that you are a gay or trans person you have the issue that they don't want to rent you because you're black they don't want to rent you because you're gay or because you're trans and then you got to worry about all the other people that's living around you that don't want you there that don't want your their kids around you because you know in these days you were going to hell you had a sickness you had a disease you know we really truly kind of and especially this new generation really takes it for granted and if i'm talking to any of my younger listeners that are gay by trans or whatever you choose to you know live your life you know understand that you really live in a time where you have a lot more i'm not saying that it's easy but you have we have a lot more liberties and a lot more rights and a lot more freedoms and a lot more availability for things that your ancestors did not have one of the things that you need to live in life is a place to stay you have to have shelter you have to and we overlook some of this the disgustingness that went on with some of our LGBTQ ancestors just trying to find a place to live. Some of those injustices still exist today, but imagine being in the early 19th century where there were no rights that protected you. There was no justice for you. If somebody, if the landlord decided that he wanted to kick you out today, or tomorrow because somebody else was going to pay higher rent or because the neighbors didn't want to live around you anymore that's what they did sometimes they didn't even let you come back in and, and take your belongings they kicked you out goodbye your stuff belongs to me and then when you try to go to court about it you're going to automatically lose the case because you're gay because you're trans because whatever and you're demonic you're a demon you're whatever and another 
level of this is it was illegal it was illegal to be gay by trans in these time periods so you would have went to court and automatically lost because your lifestyle who you are who you are it's illegal to be who you are it's so important to give these workers a voice because they never had one they never had justice they had to take these things into their own hands and a lot of these workings that are in books that a lot of people black and white have appropriated because a lot of y'all have taken these work i'm getting ooh spirit is on me today because a lot of y'all have taken these workings from from lgbtq people and you're homophobic you're homophobic yet you're using the magic of people who needed this they needed it they needed this because if they didn't use this how was i going to get a place to stay you want to cross it out when there, there's no one else to rent the house you take sulfur and you burn all of Lonely Stone. That's the Lonely Stone you buy at the drugstore. I don't know what this Lonely Stone is made out of, but my grandmother always used it. You take sulfur and a box of lye, and at the proper time that you are moving out, sprinkle the house thoroughly and burn the sulfur and close up all the windows in the house. The house will not be rented within six months. That's crossing up the landlord. The second method, and it's always another method of crossing up the landlord. You should throw cayenne pepper in the backyard and drop a whole box of salt in the outside toilet. Now, we are gonna modernize that second method for you all a little bit because we don't we no longer have the outside toilets. So what the recommendation would be is to use that cayenne pepper but instead of dumping the box of salt on the outside toilet you want to dump salt in every toilet in the house that is on the ground level okay survival survival of the fittest desperation and this week what these people have gone through and are going through is so near and dear to our hearts because understanding that um, these workings these people had to be in a place of complete desperation. And that is hurtful. And that is painful. It's very hurtful and it is very painful to feel and to think about and to read the words of somebody who had to live in these conditions had to result to these matters. And as we are picking, not picking apart, but as we are dissecting, and I think Sarah and I both are a little bit emotional, 
I know I am right now. Just because when when I'm reading these excerpts, I, I can feel the pain. And I don't know who these spirits are, but they're here. They're amongst us. And they're waiting to be heard. They were waiting to be heard. And they were waiting for justice to be served because they were never given justice in this physical life. And now we have the opportunity to bring justice in the next. Blessed are the spirits that walk with you, Toya, because I, I knew I wasn't crazy because my whole body is like hot right now. There is definitely something here today. Um, and it's very powerful. And I thought that we really were just going to do this from a, you know, hoodoo historical point of view. But I'm really seeing the the bigger picture in this um, message today. This is important. This is so important. These voices have to be heard. And the respect and the reverence has to be there because a lot of us are off balance. A lot of y'all even listening to this podcast are off balance because you're using magic of people and it's like some of y'all i know for a fact because i've been around it still have very homophobic views and yet you cast yourself off as to be so spiritual and so this is so that yeah you're using the magic of pimps and whores and trans women and gay men and bisexual people and hustlers and drug dealers and this and that like yes but we have to stop playing games and pretending that certain aspects and certain societies did not contribute a lot of what you all are culturally appropriating. We talk about white people doing it all the time, but a lot of y'all are doing it that are black. Seriously. You can stole magic and spells from gay people, from trans women, trans men took it reshaped it said it was your own now you out here selling it and then you got a problem with other gay people maybe spirits have mercy on you because i hope we raise them up today i hope we do because now i'm seeing the bigger picture in this message today and i didn't even i thought literally thought we was just here to do hoodoo history today but there's a bigger picture in this and i'm gonna use this platform to get it out today and I hope y'all hear me and really feel why someone would do this. You can kick somebody out of their home, took their belongings, probably had them paying more rent than everybody else because they were trans. They can't even go to the police after you threw them out. And you think that you're going to keep on renting to other people? I did the same thing. I would have done the same exact thing. So I, I get it now. It makes sense. And we got to put respect where respect is deserved. The next excerpt that we're going to go into. Um, she begins to talk about the hustling side of the craft. And we did a show on this on Monday you know about the sex industry and you know why a lot of people were in that industry and how it contributed to hoodoo but i also want to remind you all that this industry for a lot of trans people specifically 
um, it was forced on them. It was not something that they really wanted to do. I mean, you couldn't get a job based on being black and then to be a trans woman or trans man. I mean, like, really, what else could you have done? You have to eat. I mean, you have to have a place to stay. So a lot of these brothels would even take in gay or trans people because they had nowhere else to go and they needed to work and i mean some i mean let's be real everybody has secret desires and pleasures and everything else there has to be a place for for you so a lot of these brothels that everyone wants to look down upon a lot of these madams were even trans women were some of the best madams to be honest with you a lot of these places were simply places of shelter and work because you had nothing and nowhere else to go. You're, you're going to have to risk your life for the rest of your life so that you can keep a roof over your head and food in your belly. So the next excerpt that Toy is going to read talks about protection work and keeping the law away. When a woman is hustling then you will constantly throw a white man, which most men have been thrown like that, whether white or not. If they haven't, they will be thrown. When you throw white men or colored men, doesn't matter the nationality, that is to cause no fuss. You take the holy water after the last one out the door, after you finish with your clients for the day. You throw it and say, go, 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 and don't come back. And sprinkle your house with holy water. Holy water will end Permit the man of the law to enter the house. Holy water does not draw the law. Holy water keeps the law away. No man today in high position can come where the holy water is and do evil. Hyatt asks, what do you mean by when a hustling woman is throwing a man? It's throwing a man. Just like you have an intercourse with a woman. You jazzing a woman. And you're jazzing this woman. Some woman comes in the room and steals your money out of your pocket. Well, naturally, the first thing that pops in your mind is the law. That's true. Then when you get up, you're going to use your holy water to throw. Someone throws the water on you and you let the water touch you. And when you go out, well, naturally, you say, well, I'm white and that's a nigger woman. I won't go back in there with the law because it would be too much publicity and scandal. So as we are dissecting this again and taking a look at the underbelly of hoodoo, we know that this trans woman now is not only a hoodoo practitioner, but also a hoodoo hustler. It's a working girl. And again, and I say this and I keep saying it, survival. As we bring light to these people that were part of the underbelly. And I think about the glamour, not, not the glamorization, but the distortion of what these occupations were originally intended for. We call, we, we talk about the flesh peddlers, we talk about the escorts, understanding that it's not what it is today. That depiction that we see in the 70s when pimping was was turned into uh, a superfly or, or something like that. That is not originally what it was. Knowing 
people that these were means of survival. This woman was a very, very powerful practitioner full of knowledge, a wealth of information. Again, we are using her magic. Not only an escort, but now an escort and a trans woman. You see? This is why it is so important for us to know our history. And it's hard as it may be to look at who we are, our spiritual path through this lens, it is necessary and it cannot be unnoticed. This is a duty of ours. If you are gonna be a part of this, you need to give reverence to every part. Not just the ones that seem pretty or the ones that will have people thinking, oh, well, that's that's a wonderful spiritual path because they only deal with, they only deal in. No, we deal, we deal and we welcome it all because all of it is part of us. And again, without the trans community, without escorts, we would not be who we are or where we are today. Our magic would not be fluid. It would not be as powerful, not nearly. And we are just hitting the tip of the iceberg. There's so much more. And these communities have contributed vast, vast amounts of, of information and, and spells and rituals and magic to us. I don't know about you, but I am proud to be a part of this. I'm proud. And I'm going to be proud of every sector of this magic and where it comes from whether it be African-American slavery, whether it be the grandmothers, whether it be the escorts, whether it be the trans, gay, or lesbian, I am proud of it all. We talk about how uh, a lot of power is birthed through trauma and how a lot of us even uh, wake up to this path through something traumatic happening. And I think for any of our LGBTQ supporters, fans, and definitely li- definitely listeners, there needs to be a glass of water on your altar specifically for your gay, bi, lesbian, trans ancestors. And you need to start petitioning them specifically because there is a crazy power there just listening to these words today there's like a surge i can feel in my body because it's like you can feel them crying laughing rejoicing and just so happy that um someone's listening today you know i have a candle burning right now on my altar because spirit moved me to do so because i feel like this message today definitely is one of our most powerful and one of our most needed and i know um this is for somebody today so i'm just here with you and i'm standing with everybody today the next excerpt toy is going to read goes into her explanation of what she considers a hustling woman hi ass just a moment what do you mean a hustling woman I wanted a better statement than the previous one. 
I just told you about the hustling woman. A woman that's having each man she's can for a dollar or two dollars or five dollars. Just like you want to jazz a woman. Hyatt says, I see. Well, you see, hustling is a word we don't use in New York. That's a new word for me. Well, what do you use then? Sport woman. What do you say a sport woman is? A sport woman and hustling woman is the same thing. But we lower class, but we lower class of people use hustling rather than saying sporting. Because the smaller people out here, they're not educated. Some of them are educated. And when you say sport woman, well, they think that's something. They're going out to play golf, fishing or something. See, yeah, you'd have to say a hustling woman down here. But I'll just say sport woman if you wish. Well, they use hustling woman. The words down here for sport woman, you can call it in New York. What do you mean by jazzing? Jazzing is fucking. See, they call it jazzing. Well, that's just a little, instead of saying fucking, because that's so vulgar. So they say jazz. I love it. Because even some of these words, it's crazy. Like, I think about, you know what, Toy, just makes me think about one of Rick Ross's, Rick, Rick Ross's biggest songs. Every day I'm hustling, every day I'm hustling. And it's like, that word comes from the early 19th century and it stood for prostituting and pimping and hoeing and all of that and it's like you know and shout out to rick ross because he made a lot of money off that but i just it just makes it makes me it tickles me because it's like we still use these words today and i mean this was the conversation this is how people talk back in the early 19th century you know even just in our speech and i think we overlook that a lot too that just even in our speech how much reverence we give to our ancestors just in the things that we say even using our slang that's why i never demonize the way that we talk our dialect um our black vernacular because it's just our ancestors channeling through us and we are even when the certain ways where when we curse i don't even demonize curse words because those are words of power if used correctly and some of you cuss like a sailor because your grandma cussed like a sailor your granddaddy whatever it's just a part of who you are and whether you choose to change it or not that's you but you know i these things tickle me because it's like we're we are no different than who our ancestors were almost 100 years ago so we know as we get ready to go into our final excerpt which is one of my favorite stories in here it speaks about domination work and why this would be important and why this needed to be used because when you're living your life your whole life is in a place where you cannot dominate even just the simplest situations like just finding yourself a place to stay you want to assert dominance where you can i was going with a fellow one time and he was very mean to me important statement because this was a trans woman and when she says that she obviously was dating someone who had a problem with themselves and took it out on her 
I was staying right here in this room. This was a little day ago, and I had this picture. So I went to my grandmother, and I explained everything to her. All my people knew what I was. So then she took me in her confidence, and she told me how to use this picture and to bring him back. Powerful statement, and don't overlook it. Because she said my family knew what I was. And when she had a problem, her grandmother showed her how to fix it with her own magic. That speaks to the level of acceptance that people displayed even in the 1930s. And as much as we like to chastise our own community and say that we are so homophobic as black people or people of color, even in the 1930s, there were people who had a heart and loved and saw you for who you were and not what society tried to say. So shout out to the grandmother. Well, I brought this boy back. And it was so hard to make this boy give me money. This boy wouldn't give me no money. He was making plenty of money as a bartender. All kinds of nationalities down here. Portuguese, Spanish, Italians. All of us mixed in together as one down here. Another powerful statement which just speaks to just the melting pot of New Orleans. And so this boy wouldn't give me no money. So my grandmother told me, she says, you go get him to give you a dollar. So take this boy. So this boy gave me a silver dollar. His name was Salvador C. That was his name. He was an Italian. I had his picture. I would give you one of his pictures if you wanted. So my grandmother said, you go get a silver dollar and bring it, give it to me. I say, what are you going to do with it? So I begged them. I said, Salvador, please give me a dollar. I say, I need to pay the rent. I didn't need to pay the rent. I was working in a cannery. I was paying the rent my own self because he wasn't giving me no money at all. So he gave me this silver dollar and I gave it to my grandmother. She said, come here. She said, I'm going to take this file. She took a hand file and graded this dollar down to one side. She took a teaspoon of milk and put in with that and some cigarette ashes off of one of the cigarette butts he was smoking and throw down. And she says, now here, you put this in your lamp. I had a little lamp as I told you about and a little tin lamp. And she says, burn this as long as you burn it if there's anything you ask him for he'll give it to you but i say grandma but he'll see the lamp burning all the time and wonder why i'm burning it she say well burn it when he's not there and when he comes put it out so i say oh no grandma i don't want to burn the lamp she says well i tell you what i tell you what to do when he come home tonight ask him for a dime and so when Salvador came home, I said, Salvador, give me a dime. He gave me a dime. She said, now you sleep on that dime. 
nine days and nine nights. I slept on the dime nine days and nine nights. In this very room that you're in. That's where it happened. And I was staying here. That was three years. And so she says, now you give that, now you give him that dime back. Tell him go by the store and bring you five cents salt and five cents washing powder. And when he went to the store and brought it to me, she said, when he come back, you open the washing powder and waste it and have him pick it up. And I say, oh, Salvador, pick up, pick it up for me while I go in the bathroom. And he picked it up for me. And she says, now anything you ask him for, he'll give it to you. And right now, anything I ask Salvador for, he'll give it to me right now. Hi, asks, do you still go with him? I still go with him. And your grandmother worked that trick for you. My grandmother worked that trick for me. That gave me chills when I read it the first time. And... It was my pleasure to just give this worker and her grandmother a voice today. I really enjoy reading that story. I think it was powerful. I think it was beautiful. And I just think that it it just it just speaks to the levels of what some of our ancestors had to go through just to have companionship. I mean companionship and just somebody to be fair somebody basically living with you and not even helping you pay the rent you know I feel like that's really what she was trying to say you're living with me you're treating me bad and I just want some help these spirits are with us as we give them a voice and shed light on their lives and what they did what they went through um, that last excerpt that you read, Seer, was very, very beautiful and very, very touching. And you could hear how proud she was when she said, my grandmother worked that trick for me. Yes, shout out to grandma. I'm kind of at a loss for words right now, and that does not happen often. So I'm a little emotional. This 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 definitely was a very emotional show, and we're all gonna fellowship with you guys in just a few minutes. And I'm I'm very happy today to present this information to do these interviews. Toya, thank you so much um, for the time that you put in with me to go through this. It's a process, and I know it's not always easy, but I, I appreciate you so much just the time and the effort um, that you you saw this vision with me and we just are making it come alive. My love and my heart goes out to each and every last one of you but today because today's show is so specific, I'm just giving a specific beam and ray of light to all of our LGBTQ listeners and just letting you know that understand that you have ancestors that are waiting on you and they've always been there they are powerful they they have so much magic for you so much knowledge for you so many secrets they want to expose to you so much love and understanding and want to walk with you they were tough they were so tough you all 
so tough and have a certain power that only you have access to it's a whole nother level of ancestral connection that people want to demonize and demonize who you are because if you truly tap into that power there's something so magical something so unexplainable that is literally waiting on you so i would challenge you and i would say out of so much love put some water on your altar for your lgbtq ancestors because they are waiting they are ready and they are going to respond to you especially some of you almost instantly if you didn't feel it today as always you all are smart strong powerful practitioners your magic is strong it is fluid you come from the best of the best lawyers doctors some flesh peddlers some madams maybe a few swindlers gamblers too kings queens warriors and warrior women conjure men and women medicine men and women and so on and so forth today is the day that you're gonna step out into your prosperity you're gonna take back every single thing that someone ever tried to take from you today is the day that you're gonna take one step closer to your ancestors and one step closer to who you are designed to be and with that i release you all into the atmosphere and as always thank you all for tuning in to wisdom wednesdays and the who do one chill podcast thanks for listening to the show do you like what you hear well we want to hear from you join the hoodoo conjure root work discord server use the link in the show description to join the official hoodoo conjure root work discord group chat see you there Go to hoodooconjurerootwork.com to join the largest and fastest growing hoodoo network.